0: Welcome to the Life Self Mastery Podcast,
1: where we bring in entrepreneurs who have created online businesses and improved their lifestyles. Here's your host, Rohit Malhotra. Hi friends, I'm ready with this podcast, this week's podcast episode. And before that, I want to talk about uh, books that I've been reading during this lockdown. Uh, I read a lot of books in a year, at least 40, 250 books in a year. And, and the recent book that I've finished is The Little Black Stretchy Pants, uh, which is a book written by the author Chip Wilson, who's also the founder of Lulemon. Uh, it's, a, it's a story about how Chip uh, went on to build Lulemon. Uh, and it's, it's a time period of around 20 years where he was building this company and a couple of very insightful, uh, you know, uh, brand value concept that he talks about is uh, he has this original Lululemon manifesto, which he created in 2003, uh, which will, some of the quotes he put on the side of uh, Lululemon shopping bags. Uh, uh, you know, some interesting things were like Coke, Pepsi and other uh, pops will not be known as the secrets of the future. Cola uh, is just another cheap drug made to look great by advertising. Uh, do yoga; it lets you live in the moment, and and stretching it releases toxins from us from your muscles. So some very interesting quotes used to write in these shopping bags, which really created uh, a different impact, and you know, build a build a build, a, build a, such a lovable brand across uh, across U S and Europe. Uh, also, he talks about. Not more than three or five percent of the people write down the goals. So at the end of the book, he talks about some of the goals he uh, he wants to achieve in next one year, five years, and and ten years. And he uh, he mentioned that you know people should write down the personal career and uh, health goals. Uh, so that is uh, so you know if you're a fan of. Uh, uh some of the books like a uh, shoe dog and hard things about hard things uh, i think you you will uh, you will really love uh, this book called little black stretchy pants uh now uh, let's listen to this podcast from david hansel who is uh, uh the founder of upcoach and he was earlier uh, the founder of max CPM. and uh, david talks about the power of group coaching uh and let's listen to this really interesting interview from david Hi, this is Rohit from the Iso Mastery, and I'm excited to have David Hensel, who's a serial entrepreneur, who has bootstrapped several companies, and after a big wake-up call in his personal life, he realized that he needed to change big time, which resulted in selling Max CDN, and launching Managing Happiness. Alongside Managing Happiness, he operates a few other startups like LTV+, Plus, Task Drive, 50 SaaS, and now he's focused on building UpCoach, which is an online coaching program. Welcome to the show, David.
0: Thank you very much for having me, Rohit.
1: Thank you. Uh, you know, you have a very interesting journey because you you started really uh, small when you started working on on e commerce business and a lot of other uh, other businesses. You know, what was the drive? What made uh, David become an entrepreneur?
0: So I guess the drive was that I didn't really fit into the normal system. I went to fourteen different schools and I was always struggling. I always had, you know I was like a, a trouble student. And then um, I didn't. Do, I, I dropped out of school, and I was just kind of like aimless. And then a friend of mine said, "Hey, man, you go with computers. How about we start a business together and, and help people fix their networks and computers?" And thought, "Yeah, whatever. I have nothing else to do." And this worked out really, really well. And I found you know entrepreneurship, being free, being able to do what I want to do, and not having somebody that forces me to do things that I don't want to do. And this was like, ah, oh, you know, like the, the 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 lights went on and ever since I've been focusing on on entrepreneurship.
1: Very interesting because, you know, like you mentioned, you bounce around across different schools, but but, but do you think uh, schools uh, uh, do not encourage entrepreneurship or do you think entrepreneurship is a calling only for a few set of people or do you think entrepreneurship can be taught even in schools?
0: Oh yeah, I mean, you can definitely learn things about entrepreneurship in uh, in schools and there's like you know courses for that but for school the thing for me was always um, my mantra is to um, make decisions out of love and not out of fear and you know when, when, when I'm doing this then I'm always in the zone I'm, I'm doing the right things and um, in in school I was always acting out of fear because you know I wasn't interested in these topics that people were presenting me with and um, so I had to do that I was forced to do it versus I love learning I love learning new stuff. I read a uh, boatload of books all the time, but I want to focus on the stuff that I, that I, that I enjoy. In terms of entrepreneurship, I'm not sure if school is the right place of learning. This thing is just kind of like start some side hustle, sell something on eBay, do something, you know, build websites, learn some skill. And then, you know, if you figure out a way on how you can provide value, money is a side effect of providing value. So if you figure out how to provide the most value to, the largest amount of people, then you will be the richest person around. So it's it's all about finding a way of providing value. And then you'll always be able to monetize this. I'm not sure if this is kind of, if you're born an entrepreneur or I guess it has to do with risk tolerance to some degree, you know, and a kind of also like um, trust in the universe or trust in God that everything will work out, you know, and having the stomach for, for this uncertainty, I guess is like, like, like a, uh, thing that makes it easier, being an entrepreneur, but I think everybody can, can do something, even if you just like start something small on the side, you have the security of your job and um, you build something and once it's big enough, you know, you have to just jump off the cliff. As I always say, running a startup is like jumping off a, off a cliff and assembling the, the plane on the way down. You know, hey. it doesn't have to be like this. You can also kind of just like gradually move into this journey. Hey.
1: Hey. Yeah. Just- and uh, you know how did how did you uh, go about starting uh, starting Max CBN and what was the product all about?
0: So um, I had a few businesses in Germany already, and um, my my big dream was always to move to um, America because there was like this cool startup scene that did not happen in you know in um, the early two thousands in Germany. And so I sold my e commerce business, which gave me the money to get my investor visa to go to the United States. And there, I looked around, kind of figuring out what I can do, what kind of opportunities there are. Um, and a friend of mine who just sold his hosting business was about to start. He's starting NetDNA, which was an enterprise-focused CDN. And then um, uh, he was looking for a partner and an investor and, you know, somebody who can handle product and marketing. This was like a really good fit for me. So we partnered up and um, launched this. And from Maxian was another brand. That emerged later and so yeah this is how we started Maxian and Maxian was a content delivery network something that makes like web hosting it makes websites load faster that's um and the the thing that we did is we figured out um actually we we started just copying some other player you know and we're just like back then we're just like in it for the money you know thought okay we're just going to build this thing we're going to make it a little cheaper and everybody will come which did not happen especially when you do build something in the enterprise space There's a great book called Crossing the Chasm where you first have to kind of, you know, the early adopters will go with you, but the big players, the enterprise customers, they usually just buy what their peers buy. There's a saying like, you'll never get fired for choosing IBM. So, um, you know, they will just like buy what's safe for them. Like somebody in a smaller startup or the founder of a business will even go with a um, unknown player and take this gamble because it could be much better for the business but, um, you know, a CTO of, of a big company doesn't want to lose his job. So she just goes down the safe route. And so you have to kind of figure out how you make this, this cross this chasm, you know, in terms of figuring, figuring this out. So this was like a, um, uh, a big hurdle. And then we, with maxidian we figured out that, Back then, CDN was an enterprise play only, and smaller startups could not afford it. They were forced to go annual contract and um, $500 minimum a month. So we just made it self-service. You know, so can, can, if you look at the market and figure out a way on how can you, you know, solve pain points mm-hmm. or make something accessible for people that did not have access to it, then things will grow. And this, we had like some really nice rocket ship hockey stick growth once we once we started this new brand, which was Max CDN, which was a self serve CDN and it's yeah, went great.
1: Awesome. And uh, you know, you, you went to the US and then you came back to Europe, but you, you didn't come back to, to Germany, right? I mean, what made you sell Max CDN? And you know, if you're okay to share about, about, about commercials and you know, what really happened that you thought about coming back? Sure
0: so when we sold maxi as you mentioned before i had like this big wake-up moment which was my uh, my wife was diagnosed with breast cancer and knock on wood today she's doing great but this was a big wake-up moment and i envisioned me laying on my deathbed looking back at my life thinking did i really do what i was supposed to do did i have the impact that i want to have and it's like a big wake-up moment and um this also led me to you know, talking to my partners on leaning into selling max again, because I wanted to do something that is more in line with what I'm passionate about and having, having more impact. And, um, so after the sale, my wife, also my, my mother died a little before that died from, from cancer. And, um, my wife was very close with my mom and it was really tough for her. And she wanted to move back to Germany. So our daughter grows up with family. So there's, there's more connection. And, um, I said, honey, I love you, but I can't go back to German weather after eight years of southern sunny California. So we ended up moving to the south of Turkey, which is the same climate as um, as Los Angeles. My wife is Turkish parents. So this is why we, we ended up here and um, we're very happy here.
1: Yeah. Interesting. Uh, you know, you you have a lot of other, you know, startups which you operate like l Plus or Task Drive. Uh, 50 SaaS and other companies. You know how, how much of your time uh, is spent on other other companies because uh, um, you know uh, managing happiness is also one of your one of your startups. But um, how is it possible for for a bootstrapper to manage so many uh, business on the side? If you can help the listeners understand, you know what does yeah, it yeah, take sure, to sure. operate? Yeah,
0: Yeah, sure. So um, there's a book called traction get a grip on your business which lays out the eos the entrepreneurial operating system and it's like uh, something i wish i would have had earlier in, in my in my career and by implementing these systems into the business it becomes very easy not very easy but much easier to to manage a business without being super present and the the other key thing is i have business partners or Um, GMs that are running these businesses. So I'm just more of like an an advisor and, you know, I help with big partnerships or, you know, kind of strategy and things like this, but I'm not in the day-to-day of of any of these businesses, you know, so there's, um, as you mentioned, LTV Plus and task drive and the latest one is speakonpodcasts.com where we help people to get featured on podcasts. Nice. um which uh we we launched with the former gm of task drive he was very passionate about this so we forked this out into a new business in our um, business partners with him in, in this business before he was just a gm at task drive and we have a new gm on on task drive so it's like the the secret for me to being able to um running multiple businesses
1: got it. and and do you setting any okrs on any any
0: uh, well yeah everything's yeah yeah absolutely so apart it's also part of eos so you have a clear 90 day 90 day goals you, you define rocks like the big things you want to work on and then we have um so these are our, our, our 90 day rocks and then we have um kpis for each department for each person and everything is is, is planned and measured very structured in in German and we have like a a level 10 meeting which is um, once a week the um, leadership team gets together and we we go through a standardized process of of a of a meeting which is called a level 10 meeting usually I I used to hate meetings but with level 10 meetings at the end yeah first of all the the structure is amazing and um, at the end you ask from 0 to 10 how would you rate this meeting and if it's below an 8 you have to tell the group why it's below an 8 and this way you can always fix stuff to actually make it worth your time. And then like six people, eight people sitting together, wasting each one hour, you know, it has to be efficient. And with, with the system, yeah. So everybody who's running a business or thinks about starting a business, do yourself a favor and read Traction. Um, it's, it's really amazing. And there's two books. Um, one is Traction, Get a Grip on Your Business by Gina Wickman. This is the one you want to read. You do not want to, I mean, the other one's also good, but it has nothing to do with this. It's by the founder of DuckDuckGo. It's also called Traction. It's like, yeah. Once I actually asked uh, and uh, my business partner to read the book Traction, and um, two weeks later when we had a meeting, I said like, "Did you read Traction?" He's like, "Yes." He said, "What did you think?" And he started talking. He's like, "Dude, what, what what did you smoke? Like, what are you talking <laughs> about?" You know, it's, <laughs> <laughs> and I realized there was another book called Traction. But, yeah,
1: yeah, no, absolutely. And uh, you know, you you point about you don't like meetings, but any uh, any awesome, uh you know about about meetings how, how big it should be and how small it uh, i've had a guy I was talking on the podcast before where what a very famous uh, saying that you know about meetings it should be not more than 10 slides and you know should be covered in 30 minutes but but this is about the pitch rounds where you know people are pitching uh, to vcs but but in in terms of meetings you know what happens in corporate structures or in startups is people end up doing a lot of meetings and you find out it's more like a manager schedule, not like a maker schedule, especially for operators like you. Uh, but, you know, but what do you think? How can somebody make a good use of meeting?
0: So um, let me walk you through the level 10 meeting structures. Like it's, it's a standardized, so you can use a, a Google Doc and you have like this standardized agenda. And then you just like always copy the agenda up from each, each meeting, you copy the agenda below. So you also have like nice meeting notes. First, you go through uh, around the room, um, good news. Everybody gives some good news, you know, so kind of to lighten, lighten the mood. Then you go to the reporting piece where you go through your KPIs and you see, like, you know, how how, how are we doing, like broken down by week, you know, you look, look at the KPIs, how did we do last week? And if there's something off, let's say sales numbers are low, lead numbers are low, whatever, you put it into a section further down in the meeting, which is the IDS, identify, discuss, solve section, you know, and then you, you, you put this there. Then you go um, further down, you go through the to-do section, and to-dos are usually um, items that are resulting from last week's IDS session, you know, from the IDS part, and it's another cool way of holding people accountable, you know, so I say, okay, I'm going to do XYZ, and then it's like, in this document, next week, you're going to see it again, there's no escaping, you got to do it, right? So it's a cool way of holding people accountable. Then in the IDS section, you um, go through the things that came up on the on the reporting, um, and by the way, another thing that we do, it's not part of ES, but it uh, works phenomenally. We have an error log where we had all the errors that we had, customer complaints, internal mess ups, whatever. So we can uh, discuss them in these meetings and see which processes do we have to change so they will not come up again. So it's a kind of like a self-healing machine that we always kind of fix, fix ourselves. Um, and so in the IDS section, we, we talk about these things. And, and also it's an amazing place for, let's say you see something that's going wrong Throughout the week, you see something that you know. Stephen's doing something that should be done differently, but it's not super problematic. It's just like something. okay, this could be done better. Then you don't interrupt them in his workflow. You just put it into the IDS section, and then you also don't forget it. And next week you come to this section, and you you um, you, you know you go over it. Um, then you have the. Um, cascading messages, figure out like, is there something that from resulting from this meeting that you have to share with customers, employees, other departments, whatever. And then you rate the meeting from, from zero to 10, as I mentioned mentioned before. And kind of having a structure like this, meeting always happens, um, you block 90 minutes. Um, it doesn't have to be full 90 minutes, but you block 90 minutes and it has to be, you know, ideally done, these 90 minutes. Um, and you, yeah, it's at the same time during uh, in the week and you have to be there. Your only excuses: you're sick or your are vacation. But aside from this, you you have to be there. And with the structures, this works really well. And you can also do this for, for different depart, uh, departments. Um, so you have like one manager meeting, you have like a marketing sales meeting, and etc. And this, yeah, this this works really well.
1: Interesting. Oh, I, so,
0: so it's so, an so important thing that I forgot. Also, the rocks I mentioned before, uh, in the reporting piece, you also go over the rocks. You know, let's say you have rock XYZ, and then we ask them, okay, what's the status on this rock? You either say on track or not on track or problem. And if it's on track, we just move on. We don't even talk about it. You know, on track, meaning you hit your deadline. And if it's not on track, you move to the IDS section. We talk about where you're, where you're stuck. You know, so it's Interesting. And you
1: I'm know, sure so listeners would, would uh, understand a lot about how you've been able to you know, run uh, and operate so many different uh, startups at the same time, and uh, this also gave me an idea about how to how to do 20 90 minute uh, meetings, and I'll, I'll surely look into uh, reading this book. Uh, but uh, uh, you know, David, how can how can people align businesses with their uh, with their mission statements? Uh, and do you think you know aligning your mission and vision are really important at the at the you know? Uh, start off the businesses, because a lot, lot of times people do start businesses, but five is down the line, they either fight with the co-founders or, you know, uh, founders are not really happy with how things are going on. What advice would you give to listeners who are looking to, you know, align the businesses uh, with with the mission statement so that, you know, they can run the businesses forever or, you know, for decades okay.
0: So I used to think that mission, vision, and core values are complete bullshit. You don't need it. I'd like rather work on product, you know, something you maybe need for an investor presentation or you put it somewhere on the website and you never look at it again. But I came, you know, in my, I've been doing this for over 20 years and I realized that it's actually super, super important. It's actually one of the best management tools that you have and decision-making tools and thought filters. So um, at Max again uh, we... You know, we we first we had this enterprise CDN as I mentioned before, and then we pivoted into being focused on startups. and our, our mission was to make CDN as accessible as possible and as easy to use as possible. And you know, aiming for 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 startups, and um, we this worked really well. And then we grew super fast, and we hired lots of people, but we didn't tell anybody what we we're about which resulted that uh, we were running into 10 different directions and nothing was moving anymore new head of sales ran after enterprise customers new head of engineering built this crazy data analytics platform that was amazing for five percent of our customers and the rest was like what do we do with this so like nothing moved anymore and so um once you realize that this is due to a lack of clear mission and vision like your mission is your mission and vision is the north star of your organization that everybody's aligned like okay we want to conquer this hill and we're doing this for this person and doesn't mean that this can change or be adapted over time, but it's really important to have like some some good at the end. So yeah, I even have this in my personal life. I have my personal mission, I have my personal vision, I have, I have core values. It's like an amazing decision-making tool. A friend of mine started um, Ring, the the you know the doorbell, and he had like a very successful exit to Amazon. Um, and uh, I talked to him and his um, head of engineering and about mission, and vision, values and he said um, they have this floodlight that you put on the side of the house you know and w- when somebody walks p- past then the the floodlights go on and you can talk to them and see them like hey what are you doing on my property get lost no. and um One of his engineers came to him and said, like, hey, you have this amazing idea. Since we have these floodlight things and they have a microphone, they have a light, we could program the party mode. You know, then if we turn on music, they could flash with, you know, with the music. And he could have told him, like, that's a stupid idea. Go back to your desk and work." And then this guy would have been discouraged and would not, you know, would would probably never come with another idea. But he just said, okay, that's cool. But what does this have to do with our mission, which is to make neighborhoods safer? Nothing. You know, so you have like basically this decision filter for every decision you make in the business. Do we need this? Do we want to build this? Does it make sense to build? Yes or no? And you can kind of run this through this filter. Um, Jack Ma from Alibaba, his mission is to make doing business easy anywhere. And um, he said, every day, smart people from our organization come with ideas on stuff that we build. We can integrate and um, he always runs us through the filter. Does this make doing business easy anywhere? Yes, we'll consider it. No, go away. We're not doing it. He said that you lose a lot of FOMO, fear of missing out, you know, because it's it's also super important for you when you start a business, or when you have a business, that you build something that is really solving a pain point of, you know, a group of people like solves it really well, that you go deeper and it's not just like scratching the surface on a lot of things. So it's, it's an absolutely amazing tool. So please do yourself a favor and figure out your mission, vision, and core values and, that's right. I could talk talk on for, oh, about this topic for another half an hour, but you know, we you, you, you only have 30, 30 some minutes, so I going to keep it keep it shorter.
1: And uh, you know, I was looking at one of the, one of the blog posts where you you talked about uh, how you know family lies uh, you know, something who's running a business—it's very important to to keep their values aligned with with their family because family is also also very important. And you talk about you know, a lot of times, why, why marriages do fail. And I recently had Bradford from Foundry, who's a VC, uh, who lives in uh, USA. He talked about the ninety percent rule, where uh, you know he he created a rule where the ninety percent of times you listen to his spouse, right? But uh, but what communication styles or uh, you know? Uh, uh, what what sort of uh, you know mission uh, should be aligned with your family so that you know an entrepreneur can build a high quality business because he's he's ambitious, but at the same time he can also be with with his family and have the best of both worlds.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's this has a lot to do with setting expectations and um, um, time boxing. You know, for example, and you just, uh, the most important thing is that you and your wife and your kids kind of come to a conclusion, like what's, what's okay, what, you know, and you have to have a discussion about this. And for example, my wife and I had something during the maxi End days, which was like much, much busier for me because I was more involved in the business, um, that I can come home whenever I want Monday to uh, Thursday, but, um, actually no Monday to Wednesday, but Thursday and Friday I have to be home by dinner. You know, and okay. that's is, and then you know, or time boxing. Now I have time boxing. I have um I have family time starting at five PM. You know, it's dedicated family time. So I play with my daughter, I you know, have dinner with my wife, we walk the dogs, etc. Um otherwise if I'm not doing this, I'll just keep on working, you know, and um so if, like my calendar is like very um time box. My morning routine is blocked out, my lunch is blocked out, my workout time is blocked out, family time is blocked out. And I always use Calendly to book my appointments, which is like a software, you know, probably everybody knows it. And this saves myself from, you know, you tell me like, hey, let's do the podcast at 3 a.m. my time. I'd say, sure, let's do it because something's broken in my head. You know, I always think about the work Uh, or like overriding family time or whatever. But with Calendly, it's just like kind of falls to the place where it it makes sense. So, yeah, yeah, I guess communication, setting expectations and then spending quality time with your spouse or with your kids when you're there with them just be present even though you can't spend a lot of time with them but when you're there put your phone away you know so you super complain friction point with my wife that i was always on my phone you know even when i'm with them like slack messages whatever kind of like you know and now we came to this and i thought like oh something may happen i have to be there um so the solution that my wife and i came up with to i come home i put the phone silent i put it on the charging spot and it stays there and uh, I got a home phone just for this reason. So in case something blows up in the business that people can call me. And this was like the, the, the thing that, that made it much easier.
1: Okay. Interesting. And you know, I, I want to talk about UpCoach, uh, uh, which, which is your main hustle uh, these days. And uh, what made you start UpCoach and uh, you know, what, what are you trying to build uh, for coaches? Mm-hmm.
0: So with Managing Happiness, which originally was an online course that people just took by, them, by themselves. And it drove me really nuts that the completion rate was only seven percent of the course. People buy the course and only seven percent complete. And it was like okay. driving me nuts, you know because it was not you know about just like be in it for the money then I'm like, yeah, these suckers bought like whatever you know what they do with this, it's their problem, but you know my thing is like I want them to understand this so their life improves. you know this is okay. like my my goal and um so I, th- I thought, okay, there has to be a better way, and I started to do group coaching, basically running people through an eight week curriculum one week a day uh, one hour a week, we come together. And we, um, you know, first I watched some videos and then in, in the sessions, we kind of go through some stuff together. And this worked phenomenal. We went from a 7% to a 94% completion rate. And we saw like phenomenal results and cha- changing people's lives. And the course Managing Happiness is we help people to figure out their personal mission, their personal vision, their core values, their 90-day one-year, 10-year plan, and the habits that they need to actually achieve the stuff that they want to achieve. Because I'm a big believer that habits are determine everything in your life. If you're rich, poor, successful, unsuccessful, um, obese or in shape, happy or unhappy, it all boils down to what habits do you cultivate in your life. And so I started building a, uh, I had one of my CTO of, of, of one of my businesses asked him to build like a habit tracker for us because before we did it in Google Docs, it was like a lot of work for me to do this in, in, uh, in Google with, with all these different, just join the tools. And so we started building this app and, you know, it grew, grew, grew and became more and more and more. And then I asked a friend of mine who's a very successful, well-known coach, um, Todd Herman is his name. He wrote the book, The Auto Ego Effect, really good book, by the way. Um, like, hey, man, I built this thing. Could you give me some feedback? You know, I'm not a coach, I'm a business nerd. Just like, what do you think? And he said, that's, that's amazing. Uh, I want to invest. I want to be part of this. Let's grow this big. And so we took this code base that we built on managing happiness. We took it out and we started upcoach.com. Which is this this thingy now, which is uh, became way more than it was initially. It's like a, a tool that helps a coach to run their business um, and scale their business without necessarily adding a lot of people. Um, and, you know, does the, the CRM part for the coach, the customer success piece, facilitating one on one group coaching meetings. And another key thing is like accountability. It helps to um, hold the client accountable, you know, because they have the habit tracker in there. And so it's like, yeah. That's that's what I'm focusing on the most of my time right now, which is also super in line with my personal mission, which is being a change agent who's transforming the lives of individuals and organizations so they can reach their full potential. This is just the thing that makes me the happiest when I, when I get to do this. And first, my goal was to do this with managing happiness. Um, but uh, with UpCoach, I can actually have way more impact because I can have thousands of coaches helping millions of people to you know better their life so that's why i'm i'm so excited about this project right now interesting
1: and, uh, so it's like a, like a marketplace for, for coaches and uh, you know
0: what, no what is the... no it's not it's not a marketplace it's just, it's just like a imagine like CRM. a crm it's like a crm type thing for for coaches that right. um helps them to deliver their coaching content better okay. and you know we're also adding chats to it uh, in the next few weeks and you know so it's like a communication tool and um, a yeah, facilitation tool for, for coaches and also the building piece etc so kind of all baked into this got it,
1: got it. and uh, did you, did you know what is the pricing for coach and uh, you know who uh, can, and do you think anybody can be a coach without getting a certificate from coactive or uh, i don't, you
0: know? I, don't, I don't have a certificate <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, so i think yeah if if you um, you know if you have content if you know something well, you can teach it to others you know so yes you know it 's like kind of creating an online course can kind of everybody can create an online course you know yeah. if you yeah if you have some common sense and you have the desire to help people to understand what what you're doing or what you have learned, then you're, you 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 can coach people. You know? so it's for coaching, training, and yeah, so facilitation. Um, and the price point is we start with th- usually it's $99, $9, but since we're just officially launching, we've been using it. You know, and a bunch of coaches have been using it, including myself. But now we're going public. Actually, on uh, uh, in two days we're, we're, we're launching and the founders price is $99 reduced to $39 and you get two admins, so two coaches and 30 co- coaches or clients. And um, the, the bigger plan is 499 reduced to 199 and you get five coaches and 100 coaches. So we kept it very reasonable. Um, and yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll make it more exp- expensive later online.
1: Got it. And um, uh, 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 David, do, do you think uh, you know, uh, you should also leave your family like a like a business, uh, uh, you know, and, uh, you know, how, how do you, how do you line, uh, you know, so many, so many businesses and your family together, you know, uh, should should somebody, uh, uh, you know, who can able to operate so many different different things at the same time, should they also look at the family as, uh, you know, living a business only?
0: I mean, for me, this works really well because I like the structure. I like the predictability. You know, I like to plan, you know, for example, you plan your vacation in advance, you know, like you plan something in your business. Before, we always went on vacation because my wife came to me flipping out that we haven't been anywhere in a very long time. Then I make a knee-jerk reaction, book something that's too expensive all these meetings that I have scheduled for this time have to move and the project I'm involved in probably will go south because I'm not there, et cetera. And then, you know, we overpay and we don't, we can't plan out what we want to do. So it kind of sucks. So now we book it very in advance. So we have something to look forward to, or kind of like having, you know, regu- regular meetings with your, with your spouse, we sit down and kind of talk about things, right. Or, figuring out what you actually want out of life, you know, kind of really sitting down figuring out what, what you want, or if you have issues, you know, things. So my wife and I, we write down the stuff that annoys me about her and vice versa. And then we, um, you know, pick, everybody picks one, and then they work on, we work on this to, to improve this, you know, and um, similar in in the business, you know, because when you sit down in a solution oriented manner, then you can actually solve stuff versus like normally in relationships, you, you have a fight you just want to win the argument. You really want to fix it. You know, but if you just like have a dedicated time where you talk about these issues, then you will not be, you're not rallied up. You're not emotional and you can kind of like actually sit down and lose solution oriented manner. Like in the business, let's say you're my chief revenue officer and you don't bring in the numbers. I would not yell at you, you know, I'd not be upset. I'd say like, okay, man, what's the problem? Marketing, not giving you enough leads. You need more ad spends, blah. What can we do to fix this? You know, and then you can actually massively improve your relationship and kind of remove the box that you, that you have, right? Yeah,
1: correct. And um, I quickly want to do the top three. What's your favorite business book?
0: I mean, I mentioned a few times before, Traction, I think it's like by far my, my favorite book. Traction, Get a Grip in Your Business by Gina Whitman. Please read correct.
1: it. Yeah, <laughs> we'll put the correct uh, book link. And, uh, you know, if you could go back in time when you started working on your business or even up coach for a matter, what is the one thing you would have focused on or done anything differently?
0: Definitely having, like, a clear mission and vision. As I told you the story before, I think this is, like, the, the biggest thing. Like, reading Traction before, if we would have read this before MaxiDM, we figured all this stuff out ourselves, but with a lot of blood, sweat and tear and time. And, you know, I think we would have probably 10x the business if we would have had this, 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 this plan. So, yeah, definitely figure out my mission and vision earlier.
1: I'm, I'm going to reread Traction after this podcast. And, uh, you know, what's your favorite online tool, example, Gmail, Slack, Zoom?
0: Zoom is still amazing, but it kind of with this surge of COVID, they I think they messed it up a little bit. Um, I love I love G Suite, of course. Uh, but I'm, not, I'm not really sure if I could say I have a real favorite favorite tool. No, no, sorry, I can't really give you. And it's just like the, the the usual, and and I'm also pretty boring. I used to be able to do a bunch of stuff like, you know, administrate service, etc. use Photoshop, but I can only use Zoom, email, and that's pretty much it. You know, I became an idiot just like, you know, and <laughs> spreadsheets. Yeah. Actually I look at a lot of spreadsheets, <laughs> but that, that's about it.
1: Yeah. No, I think Zoom and um, are, are some of our favorite, uh, uh, products. Um, uh, Let's say know. Google
0: Sheets. Google Sheets is my favorite one because it's, it's actually pretty cool how what you can do with it, you know, pull stuff okay. together from different sheets, and et cetera. it's yeah, it's, it's pretty amazing tool. Got it. We'll, we'll put that in
1: the show notes. Uh, uh, so David, what is the best way people can know about UpCoach uh, uh, and, and know more about you?
0: So UpCoach, you can go to upcoach.com and check it out. And um, I have a personal website, which is DavidHensel.com, but I'm not really active. I don't blog on it anymore. Oh, we have another thing is uh, howwesolve.com, which is a podcast where we interview um, smart individuals who have solved hard business problems and they break it down to like a step-by-step fashion so we can implement it as well. So you don't have to say, do the same mistakes um reaching me you can reach me either at uh, dh at upcoach.com or you can also hit me up on the usual social networks like facebook twitter linkedin etc you know i uh, i like people i'm i'm you know hit me up if if i can help somehow happy to chat
1: all right we'll, we'll put that in the show notes um well, thank you so much for taking our time speaking to us i really enjoyed speaking
0: to you likewise thank you very much for having me on thanks for listening to the life self-mastery podcast where we teach
1: you how to start and grow your online business. For more information, visit Rohit's blog at www.lifeselfmastery.com.